أعوذ بالله من الشيطان العين الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم In the name of God, most merciful, ever merciful And may God's peace and blessings be upon his holy prophet Muhammad and the purified members of his household and progeny Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad wa ajjal farajahum Brothers, sisters, respected viewers Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And welcome once again to our life series when we last met, we were continuing to study or explore the relationship between knowledge and action. We said that action is the second condition that makes knowledge in Islam, it makes it sacred or Islamic. It's not so much the type of information that we acquire that gives the sacred status to knowledge, it's what we do with it. And that's why we called this entire heading or entire section of the series, we called it transformational knowledge. Ultimately, the purpose, the objective from acquiring knowledge is that it transforms us. The change that takes place internally then is going to be reflected in how we conduct ourselves and how we behave in the world. So we had already, I think, started to establish very clearly that in Islam, knowledge must lead. It's, a, it's not a matter of choice. It's a matter of necessity. Knowledge must lead to action. You must do once you know. You must act once you know. So inshallah, today we're continuing with this topic. We'll see if we have time to finish it. Um, so the first heading here was to look at this relationship we said from a more in a more positive way. Today, inshallah, we're gonna look at it in a in the same way, but now in the negative sense. So what happens if you do not make sure that the knowledge that you have leads to action? Okay, inshallah we'll build on that and then we'll get to the uh we have about three headings today inshallah that we'll try to cover we'll see how we do with time so the first hadith from imam ali alayhi salam he says the disease the illness or the disease of associated with knowledge is not acting upon it this is a theme that is very recurrent, that is very present in our hadith. This idea of afah. Everything has an afah. Everything has an illness. Everything has a disease. And we notice in the hadith that there is specifically an insistence on those things that are supposed to be good. Those things that are supposed to be desirable, worthy. They are all mentioned, now this is not our topic, but they are all mentioned, if you dig, dig through the hadith, you see that they are all mentioned with a, having an afah, having an illness or disease associated with them. And we, what we usually find, because it's worth asking the question, so how come anything that it, you consider to be good, something desirable in our religion, you'll see that there is some hadith somewhere that says, and its afah, and the illness associated with it, is so and so. And so we need to ask, so why? Why is there an insistence? Why do we find this recurrent theme in our ahadith? And the short answer to this, although this would require a lengthier discussion, but the short answer to this seems to be that the afah, or the afat, the illnesses or the diseases associated with those desirable good things are very common fallings, are very common slip-ups. And so it's a warning, it's a constant warning that even don't get tricked, don't get duped that because something is good and something is desirable, that it is good without any conditions and that no matter how it's done, it's always going to be good. No, there are still diseases of the soul that are associated with it, that are related to it. And so here's the warning, don't slip into these 
mistakes, these shortcomings, these illnesses or diseases that are associated with those desirable things. And so one of them here is knowledge, the afah of knowledge. So now with the benefit or the advantage that we have of having gone through a very large number of hadith already, we know we're coming into the topic with a whole lot of raised flags and raised warnings. But if you were to hear about knowledge for the first time without having all of that kind of condensed subject matter that we've been going through, the first thing that comes to your mind is not that there are some illnesses or diseases or issues related to knowledge. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is desirable. Why wouldn't I acquire knowledge? Why should I be careful of acquiring knowledge? And so in that mind frame, you have these types of ahadith. So here, very explicitly, very clearly, the disease associated with knowledge is not acting upon it. Okay, so this is obviously the theme that we're talking about throughout now these couple of lectures, but very clearly establishes a principle. Once you know, you must act. And if you do not, then this is considered a slip-up or a shortcoming that is equal to falling for the disease. You've been infected by the disease that comes with knowledge. The illness that is associated with knowledge is that you do not act upon it. Well, you slipped up and you fell for the shortcoming associated with it. Okay, It is a well-known short, shortcoming. It is a well-known afah, illness or disease, and you fell for it. Okay, so again, as we said, it can be considered a type of a warning. The second hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam, he says, مَا أَكْثَرُ مَنْ يَعْلَمُ الْعِلْمُ وَلَا يَتَّبِعُ How many are those who know the knowledge, who have the knowledge, but who do not follow it? So this is someone who, it's not someone who doesn't know, it's someone who is carrying the knowledge that they are contradicting, that they are not following. The Imam here is saying, how many are those? They are very many. They are very numerous. This is not a, an exceptional case. In fact, we could almost say it's almost the rule. It's almost the norm. And the exception is to find those who carry the knowledge and who act upon it. And these, it's easy when, when we think about it very quickly but I think for the majority of us coming into religion, what we know about our religion, we consider the difficult part to be acquiring the knowledge. The reason perhaps that I am not as good as I should be is that I don't know. I don't have the knowledge. If only I spent more time educating myself, acquiring the knowledge, formalizing the knowledge that I have, then that's it. That's the only ingredient that's missing. These ahadith tell us that that's actually the easy part. The acquisition of the knowledge is not the difficult part. It's easy to acquire the knowledge. You simply have to expose yourself to the knowledge and it's right there. And you can learn it just as good as anyone else or even better than anyone else out there who knows the knowledge, theoretically. You understand the notions, you learn the terminology, you memorize the, the subject matter, and that's it. You have the knowledge. This is not the distinction. This is not what's going to make you exceptional or going to make you good. As Imam Ali salam says, how many are those who have the knowledge? But they do not act, they do not follow that knowledge. They don't act upon the knowledge they have. That's the difficult part. The difficult part is not to acquire the knowledge. That part is easy. It's now that you know, what do you do with the knowledge that you know? The next hadith from Imam Sadiq salam, who reports this hadith from Imam Ali salam and the Holy Prophet alayhi He says, ثُمَّ عَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ بِمَا لَا يَصِحُّ الْعَمَلُ إِلَّا بِهِ So he's giving instructions on which type of knowledge should someone acquire? And of course, here we're always focused on the amal part, the action part. Okay, so the imam is saying here that there are, the purpose is what? It, the purpose is always action. 
But there are types of action that you cannot perform properly unless you have knowledge. So the Imam says, so focus on, go and acquire that type of knowledge which is necessary and without which you cannot act. You need to know that type of knowledge. Okay? ثُمَّ عَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ From all the knowledge that is out there, you have to go get which type? بِمَا لَا يَصِحُّ الْعَمَلُ إِلَّا بِهِ There are types of knowledge that if you do not have, if you don't carry that knowledge, you can't act or your act is not going to be valid. I worship God, but I don't know anything about God. What kind of God I'm worshipping? It's an issue. Okay, There are types of knowledge that you have to acquire before you can act. So the Imam starts by saying that. And then he says, and what it is, what is that type of knowledge? So he's going to explain that type of knowledge. He says, And that type of knowledge that you have to acquire, in another way, in other words, it is sincerity. Okay? Now he's going to explain it through a narration from the Holy Prophet what he just said. It's not something that would come to our minds if someone were to tell you what, where should I start, what should I learn first. We would go to the types of knowledge. The Imam says you start with the type of knowledge that you need to act and that is sincerity. So whatever you need to know to become sincere, that's where you start. And then he explains it through another hadith from the Holy Prophet He says, قَالَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ عِلْمٍ لَا يَنْفَعَ وَهُوَ الْعِلْمُ الَّذِي يُضَادُّ الْعَمَلَ بِالْإِخْلَاصِ He says the Holy Prophet used to say, we seek refuge in God from knowledge that is without benefit. Then the Holy Prophet himself explained that by saying, and that is the knowledge that is contrary to acting with sincerity. Okay? And then the Imam continues and he says, وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ قَلِيلَ الْعِلْمِ يَحْتَاجُ إِلَىٰ كَثِيرِ الْعَمَلِ لِأَنَّ عِلْمَ سَاعَةٍ يُلْزِمُ صَاحِبَهُ إِسْتِعْمَالَهُ طُولَ دَهْرِهِ he says, وَعْلَمْ and know that a small amount of knowledge requires a large amount of action. The knowledge acquired in an hour, the Imam says, may require its application for the rest of your life. Okay, So there's a lot more focus on acting based on the knowledge that you have than constantly wanting or seeking to acquire more knowledge, as important and as sacred as knowledge is. So the Imam is continuing with the hadith. He says, Jesus, son of Mary, peace and blessings upon them both. He says, Prophet Isa, Prophet Jesus السلام, said, I found a rock upon which it was inscribed, turn me over. So Prophet Isa السلام, says, so I turned it over, I did, and I found written the following. The one who does not act based on what he knows is cursed for learning that which he does not know. And that which he knows will be used against him. So first, this person has information, has knowledge. They're not acting based on that knowledge. So the first layer, the first issue, Prophet Isa says, is that that person wants to, seeks to acquire new knowledge. So what's inscribed on that rock says, that seeking of more knowledge makes this person cursed. A curse upon this person for seeking knowledge when they have not yet acted upon the knowledge they have. And 
The knowledge they have, that's the second part of it, is actually going to be used against them. That's evidence against yourself. We talked a little bit about that last time. We're going to see more instances of it today. Knowledge that you have, automatically, the moment you acquire knowledge, it becomes an argument against you until you actually act on it. Then you're doing what goes with the knowledge and that knowledge has become sacred. But you carry knowledge and you don't do anything with it. This is just evidence that you are providing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against yourself. You know and you do not do based on what you know. Okay, so there's a few points in the hadith very quickly. First of all, there's a whole discussion, inshallah, we'll come to that. And we've been talking about it throughout. But you see these hints constantly. We said we'll talk about the topic of which type of knowledge is recommended or suggested or proposed by our religion. We'll come back to that, inshallah. But you have these hints, so don't forget them. Okay, from the beginning of the series, we had a lot of discussion, a lot of questions about where do we start, what type of knowledge should I acquire. The Imam here is talking about a type of knowledge. He says, knowledge that is going to make you more sincere. Okay, that's the type of knowledge, whatever it, it is. He's not telling you go learn tafsir or go learn aqaid or go learn fiqh. He's saying go learn the knowledge that will make you more sincere, that will make your intentions purer towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever that means for you, go and acquire it. Okay, and of course we're going to add a lot more around that. But that's a criteria the imam gives for the type of knowledge you begin with. And the second point and there's a whole discussion that we can have here, but we're just going to hint to it very quickly, is that the whole section of the hadith that has to do with Prophet Isa alayhi salam, all of this we can summarize it, we can summarize it under the heading, and we've talked a little bit about this in the past, the idea, the notion, the heading that we talked about basira, about insight. Perhaps this is an example, a very elevated, a very clear example of this basira. Perhaps if I were to walk and see that rock that Prophet Isa is talking about, I would not see the writing on it. But he does. The lesson that he is drawing from the rock that he's picking up is not the same lesson that I can draw from it. Okay? So when Prophet Isa for instance says, I found a rock and I flip it over because it's inscribed on it, flip me over, and he flips it over and he finds this lesson, this revelation, this inspiration, he might see it and I might not. And this has everything to do with who he is. The purity that he has, the sincerity that he has, the knowledge that he has. This is an, a very elevated form of the basira that we talked about. We talked a lot about basira when we talked about sincerity. And we said that it leads to a heightened basira. And we said the main ingredient for Moving on the path for progressing on the path of Basira is simply avoiding sins. That's the first step towards Basira. These are the elevated ranks of Basira. That you have everything in the world talking to you, teaching you. This can apply to all of us. You can see things in the world and you draw lessons from them. Perhaps not with the same clarity that a ma'asum would, that a prophet, a messenger of Allah would. But you are no different than someone else. You're both looking at the same thing. You are able to draw much more lessons, many more principles from something, a lot more truths. It affects you differently than it affects someone else. This is part of basira, your ability to see clearly through things. Others are not seeing them. They're right there in front of you. Okay, so this can be interpreted or considered a, a very good example of the basira. And then, of course, the there's a hole here, the theme, which is in basically in almost every hadith that we're looking at today, 
the idea that knowledge clearly comes with a responsibility. And it's not that when you act on the knowledge that you know, that it is simply recommended. We're going to see a lot of hadith that use a tone that is much harsher, including this one. We're starting with this, where the person is being cursed, right? Or mash'oom. We're going to see other, many narrations. You're going to see the same theme being used here. This is all to highlight the necessity of moving from knowledge to action. There's a very clear responsibility, and it's not a, a bonus responsibility. It's not superfluous. It's not supplemental. You, you don't have a choice to do or not to do. And if you do, it's better. No, it's imperative. It's a necessity. You don't have a choice. Okay, and that's why you see these types, this tone used, or this type of wording used in the hadith. So there's also the theme that the idea is not simply to pile up information in your mind, to memorize and learn constantly, just gather data and compile data in your mind. And you call that knowledge. That's not the point. And that's why we see a hadith that are basically saying, slow down. And this one is a clearly a hadith that is saying this. The point is not to go and seek new knowledge constantly. The point is that whatever knowledge you know, whatever knowledge you do have, you're supposed to act on it. Once you've acted on it, you've entitled yourself to more knowledge. The idea is not simply to go and acquire more knowledge, but you have no intention and you're making no effort to act on the knowledge that you have. And we're going to see the results of not acting. This is one of them, but we're going to see others, more effects of not acting on the knowledge that you do carry. Okay, so there's a whole, we can come come back to this and see it in, in a lot of the other hadith. One thing that I always found striking when we read the seerah of the Holy Prophet and those early Muslims, when they would come to learn the Qur'an from the Holy Prophet, we have a number of narrations that tell us they would come to the Holy Prophet or one of the companions of the Prophet who, who knew the Holy Qur'an, and they would not learn more than a few verses at a time. Some of them have clearly much more ability than us in memorizing the Qur'an. The Arabs were very used to this. They could memorize a large number of verses of poetry in one sitting, hearing it one time. So they could do the same thing with the Holy Qur'an. and The Holy Qur'an stuck even more in their minds. But they didn't. All of them, when you see how they learned the Qur'an, you see that they learned it piece by piece, bit by bit. They would come, especially in Mecca, they would come and learn a surah that is surah al-qisar, we call them. Right? The short surahs at the end of the Qur'an. Or they would come and learn a few verses at a time. And some of them, when they were taught, they would say, that's it. I don't want to learn anymore. They learn four, five, six ayat, and they say, that's all I, I need right now. And they go. And they might leave for weeks. Why? Because they intend on changing their lives now, thinking about and acting on the new knowledge that they acquired. Once that's secured, now they're ready for more knowledge. They're ready for more verses of the Qur'an. Clearly, they are not simply learning the words of the Qur'an and memorizing them. Clearly, they understand what those words mean, and they need to think about them. And they need to see, okay, what do I need to change in my life? If I've accepted this religion... And this is what the God of this religion is telling me. I need to go and see, okay, what, what does this mean for me now? Okay, so we need to try to incorporate some of that in our lives. A very good practice a lot of us can incorporate in our lives is just read a few verses of the Qur'an when you start your day in the morning. Two, three, five verses, half a page. Sometimes half a page is too much. And keep those verses in your mind all day to see how it applies. What does it mean to you that you're going through your day with what 
those verses talked about. As an example, there are people who do that. It's not a matter of quantity. That's why you see so much insistence, and we're going to see a number of ahadith about this, that it's not about going and constantly seeking and acquiring and piling up more and more data, more and more information. It's about what do you do with it once you know, what do you plan to do with this knowledge? What, what's the effort that you're putting into taking that knowledge and making it action? Another hadith here from Prophet Isa alayhi salam, he says very clearly, لَيْسَ بِنَافِعِكَ أَن تَعْلَمَ مَا لَمْ تَعْمَلْ it will not be of any benefit to you that you learn that which you do not know. So if we were to stop here, it would be very counterintuitive. But he explains, if you do not act on it, if you don't act on it right away, or at least if you don't intend on acting on the knowledge that you're acquiring, then it's not going to be of any benefit to you that you're going to learn it. For the abundance of knowledge will only be an increase in your jahl, in your foolishness, if you do not act upon it. From Imam Ali salam, the next hadith, كَفَى بِالْعَالِمِ جَهْلًا أَنْ يُنَافِيَ عِلْمُهُ عَمَلَهُ it is sufficient foolishness for the scholar, the one who carries the knowledge. It's enough foolishness, it's enough jahl for them that their actions and their knowledge do not match, they don't correspond. That their ilm, that their knowledge contradicts their action, their deeds. Okay? So of course there's overlap here. We said we're going to dedicate a whole topic to the one who learns and the one who now knows, the learner and the, the one who carries the knowledge, the scholar. Inshallah, we're going to come back to this. There's a lot of overlap between the ahadith. But here we're looking at it from the angle of the necessity to act on the knowledge that you have. Even if you're considered a, knowledge, an, a knowledgeable person, a scholar, a carrier of knowledge, because that in itself is not going to be your merit or worth that you carry the knowledge. In fact, your responsibility to act is going to be many, many times, many folds greater than the person who has a little bit of knowledge because you know and you have no excuse. They might forget, they might not know, you know. And so it's much more unforgivable for you to carry the knowledge and not act upon it. And there's another responsibility that comes with it. Inshallah, we're going to talk about that. In addition, there's a spiritual responsibility and that has effects on you and for yourself and between yourself and Allah. But there's also a social responsibility that you are going to be the reason why people are driven away from religion because they see that your actions don't match your knowledge, your words. And you become the reason why people stay away from Allah and His religion. Okay, inshallah, we're going to come back to that later. The next hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam, he says, تَعَلَّمُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ أَن تَعْمَلُوا فَلَنْ يَنْفَعَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِالْعِلْمِ حَتَّى تَعْمَلُوا بِهِ So learn whatever you want, so long as you intend to act upon it. For God will not make you benefit from knowledge until you act upon it. So this, of course, once again answers the question of the type of knowledge. Which type of knowledge do I learn? Okay, so here the imam is very clear. The type of knowledge upon which you intend to act. Okay, so clearly, of course, we've talked about the action a little bit in the past and we'll talk a lot more in the coming weeks. Okay, the action has to be compatible with the sunnah, as Imam Sadiq said in a number of hadith earlier. Okay, but so long as you intend to act, then go and learn that knowledge. Okay, لِأَنَّ الْعُلَمَاءِ So here the Imam is giving a justification or an additional 
explanation. He says, لِأَنَّ الْعُلَمَاءَ هِمَّتُهُمُ الْرِعَايَةِ وَالسُّفَهَاءَ هِمَّتُهُمُ الْرِوَايَةِ Why does he say, go learn so long as you intend to act on the knowledge that you do? Because there is no benefit in knowledge upon which you do not act. Why? Because those who carry the knowledge, scholars, they are preoccupied with what? They are pre- preoccupied with, the Imam calls it, ri'ayah. You care for the knowledge. You have a responsibility towards that knowledge. How does it come out? It comes out in action. That's how you carry the knowledge properly. As opposed to those who are, as the Imam calls them, sufaha, they're fools. The fools, they are preoccupied with ruwaya, with their ability to repeat, to report the knowledge. The scholars are preoccupied with tending to the knowledge, with taking care of the knowledge, which the Imam explained earlier by saying, acting upon the knowledge. That's how you take care of the knowledge. And we're going to see it in a few hadith. How you take care of the knowledge. The next hadith from Imam Sajjad We're told in the life of Imam Sajjad at some point there's someone who comes to the Imam. جَاءَ رَجُلٌ إِلَىٰ عَلِي بْنِ الْحُسَيْنِ عَلَيْهِمَ السَّلَامِ فَسَأَلَهُ عَنْ مَسَائِلِ فَأَجَابْ ثُمَّ عَادَ لِيَسْأَلَ عَنْ مِثْلِهَا فقال علي بن الحسين عليهما السلام مكتوب في الإنجيل لا تطلبوا علم ما لا تعلمون ولما تعملوا بما عملتم بما علمتم فإن العلم إذا لم يعمل به لم يزدد صاحبه إلا كفرا ولم يزدد من الله إلا بعدا. So a man comes to Imam Ali ibn al-Hussein, Imam al-Sajjad عليهما السلام and he asks him a number of questions. The Imam responds. He answers all of his questions. And then the Imam, the, the man, has more questions. He wants to ask one more or more questions. So the Imam said to him, It is written in the Gospels Do not seek the knowledge of those matters that you do not know, when you have not yet acted on the matters that you do know. For knowledge, if it is not acted upon only increases the one carrying it in disbelief and it only increases the one carrying it in distance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so here the tone is even harsher than the previous ahadith right we saw for instance curse and here the imam is saying the person who carries the knowledge and does not act upon it Ultimately, eventually, where does this lead that you know and you don't do? The Imam says it leads to kufr. It leads to disbelief or a rejection of what is presented to you. Depending on the meaning of kufr that the Imam is using here. But he might explain it in the next statement when he says, وَلَمْ يَزْدَدْ مِنَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا بعده. This knowledge only increases you in a in distance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we saw that a little bit in the last week. We saw the hadith when Imam Ali alayhi salam was mentioning why is it that in certain cases you see that your actions don't obey your heart, as the Imam was saying. We said it's, the Imam clearly said, it's a lack of yaqeen. Man lam yuqin qalbuh. Right? The Imam was saying, lam yuta'hu amaluh. There's a lack of yaqeen, there's a lack of certainty. There's a lack of faith, lack of belief, which ultimately, so the way you get away from that is by acting. You have to make an effort and act. Otherwise, the distance just keeps growing. You carry the evidence, you carry the knowledge, but you don't act upon it. Well, how can you be said to really believe in this? And we're going to see another hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam, in which he is even more specific where the issue is. You either believe or you don't. 
You either believe this is wajib or you don't. You either believe there is a God and he asked you to perform something or you don't. You either believe there's a reward and a punishment or you don't. You can say with words, I believe, as much as you want. Your actions have to show it. Otherwise, how can you really believe? How can you be set to believe if the actions are not there? Okay, so the next hadith, and I, this is the one I, I had in mind, Imam Ali salam says, Tarikul amali bil'ilm amal. The one who leaves acting while knowing is not sure of the rewards associated with the action. You are lacking faith or you're lacking belief in the rewards that you've been promised. If someone tells you, you do A and you get B, if you really believe what they're saying, and B is something really worthwhile, then you would certainly do A. Because you certainly want B. So if you do not do it, the only outcome Imam Ali salam says is You are lacking certainty. You don't have confidence. You don't trust that you're actually going to get that reward. Or in other words, you're lacking belief. You're lacking faith. Okay, and we talked about that a little bit last week, so this is in addition to it. The hadith, Next hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam, he says, لا تجعلوا علمكم جهلا ويقينكم شكا إذا علمتم فعملوا وإذا تيقنتم do not turn your knowledge into ignorance and do not turn your certainty into doubt if you know then act and if you have certainty then proceed I think it's very few words to me they're very powerful from Imam Ali salam. imagine the Imam talking to you he tells you, do not turn your knowledge. Don't turn your knowledge into ignorance. So there's clearly here from the Imam, he's establishing a principle. We often think that these doubts that we have, yes, we live in a world, we talked a little bit about it last time, a world of relativism and doubts and skepticism and, and it's impossible to know anything for sure and 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 those so the end result is you we don't know anything for sure but all of this is happening to us we're passive we have no empowered role active role playing in all of this the doubt it just happens to us based on the knowledge that i have i may end up doubting because i'm lacking knowledge or I was exposed to something and I don't have the answer to it. And so now I have doubts and suspicions and eventually this erodes all of my belief and I may leave religion and so on and so forth. Or there's another approach. The Imam says, do not, so you are the one acting. He says, do not turn, do not transform your knowledge you have ilm, you have knowledge. Don't turn it into doubt. And don't turn your certainty into Don't make it into jahl, don't make it into ignorance, don't turn your knowledge into ignorance, and don't make your certainty into doubt. So what's missing? What do I do to protect the knowledge that I have? Imam tells us it could be taken separately. This could be establishing another principle from the Imam. He's combining them, so we have to look at the relationship. But the other principle the Imam is giving us is When you know, then act. A lot of us are constantly thinking, okay, but is this the right act and how do I act? And 
and you procrastinate or you put off acting because you're not sure. Imam Ali says, when you know, act. Stop wondering and stop being unsure and creating doubts. What's going to take the doubts away? The action. إِذَا عَلِمْتُمْ فَعْمَلُوا You are the one leading to your own doubts because you don't act on the knowledge that you have. If you really act on the knowledge that you have, that knowledge that you have becomes certainty. It becomes much more difficult to dislodge it from you. But when it's shaky in the first place, when you're not acting on it in the first place, this is knowledge that comes and goes. The first question, the first suspicion, the first issue is going to come and make you question all of that. It's not part of you yet. It's not part of your identity. It's not part of who you are. As the Quran says, مُسْتَقَرٌ وَمُسْتَوْدَعٌ There are things that are mustaqar, that are very well anchored. They're not going to go anywhere. They're stabilized. And there are things that are mustawda'. They're kind of temporarily stored there and they might be taken away at any time. Okay, which type of knowledge is it? Is it the one that is stabilized in you? It's part of you? Or is it the type of knowledge that just comes and goes? Okay, so here I think the imam is, it's a very condensed, to me at least, there's a lot of principles in very few words here from Imam Ali alayhi salam. And as I said, that second one on its, by itself, those last second two statements, by themselves, they're a call to action. They're a response to all of us. You want to be perfectionists. You want to make sure that you're doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. Of course you do. That's expected. But what's also expected, and there's a constant call in our religion to this, is act. Don't wait. Don't find excuses not to act. Find excuses to act once you know. And you should be the one acting. And history and and literature and philosophy is full of these references. That if only those who know actually acted. So that they don't leave so much space and so much void for those who don't know to act. That's a huge problem. Because once you know, you feel the responsibility, so you want to act properly, so you end up not acting. And those who don't know then step in. And you only have yourself to blame. You didn't occupy the space. You didn't act. You left it completely wide open. You can't complain afterwards that someone stepped in and acted. You need to act. Okay? Once you know, act. Imam Ali salam says, إِذَا عَلِمْتُمْ فَعْمَلُوا To me, that's a principle. You follow Imam Ali salam, you follow his teachings. إِذَا عَلِمْتُمْ فَعْمَلُوا وَإِذَا تَيَقَّنْتُمْ فَأَقْدِمُوا Proceed. Once you have certainty, proceed. That's it. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Don't come up with excuses and pretexts and reasons for not acting. The next hadith from the Holy Prophet he says, as part of the longer, inshallah one day we can look at the, the entire story and all of the details that are mentioned in the hadith around it, but the story of Al-Khidr with Prophet Musa salam, there's a, a good number of riwayat around it. So in one of them, the Holy Prophet says, as part of the wasiyah, so when they were about to leave each other, to each now go their separate ways, after the, the details mentioned in the Holy Quran, Surah Al-Kahf, Prophet Musa salam asked Al-Khidr to give him, to share some advice with him. Okay, so he asked him for a wasiyah before he leaves him. So he gave him a number of pieces of advice. So this was one of them. The Holy Prophet says, Al-Khadr told Musa salam, Ya Musa, ta'allam ma ta'allam lita'amala bih, wa la ta'allamhu lituhaditha bih, fayakuna alayka booruh, wa yakuna ala ghayrika nooruh. He says, O Musa, learn what you learn in order to act upon it. And do not learn it so that you can speak about it. Otherwise, so if you do that, 
if you learn it so that you can speak about it, otherwise you will incur its loss or its cost and others will benefit from its light. It's, there's a benefit, there's a light, there's a nur with the ilm, but because you don't act on it, you don't benefit from the nur associated with the ilm. Others will because you're sharing it with them. But you get nothing. So what do you get? You get the cost. You get the effort of having learned and the effort of having shared, talked about it, explained it to others. But that's just a cost. There's no benefit. The benefit is the nur. That comes from acting upon it. Not that you can speak about it. Okay, so these were the ahadith about the first part. The second heading that we wanted to look at is to look a little bit about the uh, at the effects of the relationship between knowledge and action. Okay, so what happens if you don't, and so on and so forth. So the first hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam, he says, مَن لَمْ يَتَعَاهَدْ عِلْمَهُ فِي الْخَلَاءِ فَضَحَهُ فِي الْمَلَأِ the one who does not tend to or does not look after his knowledge when alone, when in solitude, will be exposed by their knowledge when they are in public. In other words, the knowledge cannot just be for the public. And this one meaning of this is that you actually act on it. Whether others see or not, you are taking care because the Imam talked about this earlier. He said, Right? This is, now he's explaining it. You have to take care and you have to tend to that knowledge. How? In that other hadith he said, by acting on it. Otherwise, what will happen? That knowledge will leave you exposed when you are in public. One way or another, that knowledge will turn against you. The next hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam, he says, مَا زَكَ الْعِلْمَ بِمِثْلِ الْعَمَلِ بِهِ There is nothing that makes knowledge in both meanings of zakah. There is nothing that is going to make knowledge grow or nothing that will make knowledge pure like acting upon it. You want your knowledge to grow? You want your knowledge to be pure? You have to act on it. The next hadith from Imam Ali alayhi salam, he says, Al-aqlu gharizatun tazidu bil-ilmi wa-tajarub. Intellect is a faculty. We said at the beginning of the series, that there's a very strong connection and sometimes it's a overlap between two notions, but these are really two notions. One notion is aql and one notion is ilm. We said there's a very strong relationship between them. And we spent a little bit of time on ilm and we spent a little bit of time on aql. So here we have a narration that basically tells us this is the relationship between them. Intellect is a faculty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you. Intellect is a faculty that grows. We have a lot of ahadith that say intellect is a faculty given to God. And it's given to different degrees to different people. But we also have ahadith that say you can actually make it grow. You can expand it or you can lose it. So one way to make it grow, Imam Ali alayhi salam says it grows through two, two things, the intellect. It grows through knowledge. The more knowledge you acquire, the more your intellect grows. And the more you experience or the more you do, then the more the intellect grows. Okay? Al-aqlu gharizatun tazidu bil-ilmi wa-tajarub. In the hadith of Mi'raj, the ascension of the Holy Prophet there is a part that says, Ya Ahmed, so the Holy Prophet is told, is spoken to in his heavenly name, Ahmed, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, Ya Ahmed, istamil aqlaka qabla an yadhab. 
فمن استعمل عقله لا يخطئ ولا يطغى Use, oh Ahmed, use your intellect before it leaves. See, there's a way to increase, make your intellect grow. There's also a way to lose it. Yes, it is given to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A certain amount of intellect, a certain amount of that faculty is given to you, is God-given. And each of us is going to be given something different. But you can also make it grow. And you can also lose it. The Holy Prophet here during the Mi'raj is being told, use it before you lose it. Right? He's told, use your intellect before it leaves. And then, for the one who uses his intellect, does not err, nor does he transgress, or do they transgress. Okay? So, put it in application. Imam Ali salam says, and this is very famous hadith. We have it from Imam Sadiq. We have it in certain sources from the Holy Prophet. We have it from Imam Ali alayhi salam. A number of variations to this hadith. Al-ilmu maqurunun bil-amal. Faman alima amil. And in one version, waman amila alim. Okay, both ways. In, in another, there is no waman amila alim. In any case. وَالْعِلْمُ يَهْتِفُ بِالْعَمَلْ فَإِنْ أَجَابَهُ وَإِلَّا ارْتَحَلْ or وَإِلَّا ارْتَحَلَ عَنْهِ Okay, so knowledge, الْعِلْمُ مَقْرُونٌ بِالْعَمَلْ Knowledge is linked, is coupled with action. Those two are together, they're bound together. Knowledge is linked with action. So the one who knows, acts. Imam Ali says. So if someone is not acting, then... Do they really know? No, they don't. Okay, so the one who knows acts. And in one version of the hadith, and the one who acts knows. Because otherwise, what is driving them to act? In any case, and knowledge calls to action. Knowledge calls to action. That's that's an explanation. If you truly know, then you understand that implied in the knowledge is that you're going to act upon it. Knowledge calls to action. فَإِنْ أَجَابَهُ So if action answers it, if you actually act, great, now you know. وَإِلَّا ارْتَحَلْ Otherwise knowledge leaves. Otherwise knowledge departs. The knowledge does not stay if it is not acted upon. To a certain degree, we could say that about all knowledge. But the truth is, hadith is clearly talking about spiritual knowledge. There are ways to know a lot about things that are not matters of the heart. And in fact, you keep accumulating that knowledge. It doesn't go away, even though you're not acting upon it. I can, great, I can be the greatest historian with a specialization and three PhDs on the history of justice and injustice in human civilization. But I do nothing about it. I just know and I lecture about it. I write books, seminars, conferences. And I keep acquiring more knowledge. That knowledge is not going to go. The data, the theory, all of that, it's not going to go. But that's not not the knowledge that Islam is talking about. That's not the knowledge that's going to be beneficial to you in the afterlife. Knowledge of the heart, transformational knowledge. That knowledge leaves the heart. That knowledge will not stay with you if you do not act on it. The alternatives or the outcomes are very limited. The options that you have are very limited. Either you act on the knowledge, and we're going to see what happens when you act on the knowledge, or you don't. You don't, the knowledge goes away. It doesn't stay. And what's going away is not the terms, it's not the words, it's not the understanding, the theoretical understanding. What's going away is the light that Imam Sadiq will talk about. We're going to get to it, inshallah. The light that goes in the heart when you actually have transformational knowledge. Knowledge that you allow in your heart that can change you. That light goes away if you don't act on it. Okay? So here the hadith is very clear. Knowledge is linked with action. The one who knows acts. 
and knowledge calls to action. So either it answers the call or it leaves. Yeah, as we said, the same hadith from Imam Sadiq from the Holy Prophet So let's do a few more minutes of this. The next hadith, so this heading, so that finishes, that wraps up that heading. The next heading is the, let's call it the effects. When that relationship is actually respected between knowledge and action. Because it's connected, it's linked directly to what we just talked about. The Holy Prophet says, من عمل بما يعلم ورثه الله علم ما لم يعلم. The one who acts based on what they know, God will make them inherit the knowledge of that which they do not know. The knowledge is going to start with something very theoretical, very data, information. Terms, words, a book that you read, a lecture that you listen to, you acquire the information. And we've talked a lot about this in the belief series. We called it the virtuous cycle. You acquired the theoretical knowledge, not the spiritual yet. You acquired the theoretical knowledge. Now you have to decide what you're going to do with it. You act based on that knowledge you sincerely act based on the knowledge you acquired, the Holy Prophet says, if you really do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you inherit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you inherit the knowledge of those things of which you have no knowledge. So of course, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes you inherit, it means whatever you're acquiring now is not information. Information you can acquire from a book and a lecture and a, a person talking and whatever. This is not well, it may come through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The knowledge that will reach your heart may come through a book, it may come from someone. But what's really coming to you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the light of the knowledge. That's bringing us back to the topic of the basira. We began with it. The only thing you need to do is that once you know, you have to act based on what you know. The more you do that, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises to give you knowledge of things that you did not know. And that's the virtuous cycle. Now that you know, that now that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you new knowledge, knowledge of the heart, He's making you understand and see and have insight. This new knowledge also comes with a responsibility and a duty to act on it. You act on it, you get more knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. More light. You do not, you go back to the previous hadith where the imams, Imam Sadiq, Imam Ali, the Holy Prophet, they all of them say, you don't act on it, it leaves. Only two alternatives. You know, either you act or you don't. You act on it, you act with sincerity on it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants you a light, grants you knowledge from himself. You don't act on it, that knowledge does not stay. As we said, the words may stay, the terms, the understanding may stay, but the light in the heart does not stay. And maybe we... Yeah, let's stop here. Since this hadith is, the next hadith are also connected together. So let's stop here and we continue. We have a few more hadith to go through to finish this topic of knowledge and action. The first part in this uh, series on action. We said the second part, inshallah, is going to be, unless you tell me otherwise, maybe in the Q&A I'll ask you guys, whether you prefer to have a little section on action in general in Islam, because we're going to really focus it on knowledge action, so acquiring knowledge and spreading knowledge, 
but knowledge in general, since all of these hadith are talking about knowledge in general, do we prefer to have it at the beginning or at the end? Okay, so if you want to have it at the beginning, then it directly follows this part. Or we keep it at the end. So we finish the learner and then the scholar and then hopefully the community of learners or community of knowledge and then we talk about action in general. Okay, so you tell me what you think about that. Inshallah, we have a few more hadith to cover under this heading. So we'll we'll continue there the la next time we meet. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi